Welcome to another episode of Key Elements on the Key Elements Podcast. This is Dr. Ravan Key II, your change coach, your empowerment strategist, and your mental health and wellness consultant. I'm so excited to be able to come to you this week once again with conversation and information that will help you to achieve, produce, and become. Once again, I love to talk about things on the intersection of mental health, faith, and business. And today we are going to address what I am calling mind games. I am calling this mind games. So I want you to invite uh, an individual. I want you to share this podcast. I want you to let people know that Key Elements podcast is in existence. This is episode number two, and we are going to discuss mind games. So I thought it was important to address this because as a clinician, as a clinical psychologist, I oftentimes have to um, provide instruction, provide understanding and insight to people that the mind can be a very powerful tool of trickery. The mind can play games on you if you are not careful. And these games are not always as obvious as, um, you know, we would like them to be or I would like them to be as a clinician so that people can pick them up and and, and be able to uh, uh, do what they need to do to overcome it. But they are very subtle sometimes and people um, get wrapped up in these games and it costs uh, them eventually time, energy, um, you know, opportunities. And, and, and when opportunities and uh, are missed and when uh, energy is expended and when, uh, uh, you know, you, you, your time has lapsed and you've lost time, something that you can't get back, it leads to negative affect. It leads to negative feelings. And that's not a good thing. So let's start number one with the first mind game, which is what I'm calling being stuck in the past. Being stuck in the past. This is an important one because I believe that these mind games oftentimes lead to more clinical issues. Being stuck in the past, I believe, opens up the door for depression. People are experiencing moments, um, you know, bouts of depression because they have not allowed themselves to come out of the past because of decisions that they have made, because of connections they may have had in the past, because of uh, 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 thoughts that they weren't able to get rid of, um, because of situations that they stayed in way longer than they should have. They find themselves uh, discussing and mulling over the shoulda, coulda, would'ves. And that can be a dangerous thing uh, because it will paralyze you in your present and not allow you the opportunity to move forward. People are stuck in the past. And um, I've stated before that hindsight is 2020. You know, we can always take a look back and, and, and figure out what we could have done differently, what we should have done differently, what we would have done if we had, if this thing was uh, right or if that thing was right or if this was in order or if that was in order. But there's no amount of thought 
There is no amount of evaluation or reevaluation. There is no amount of uh, wallowing in and, 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 and staying in the past that is actually going to change the past. The past is what it is, and what we need to learn how to do is to incorporate what we've learned because of our past into the narrative of who we are, what we are doing, how we are, and how we're going to move forward. So this is a mind game, being stuck in the past. You know, it breeds hopelessness. It breeds regret. It makes us feel like all of the opportunities that we would have ever had are absolutely gone. It'll make us feel like the windows of opportunity have shut on us and that where we are, we are doomed to remain. And that's so not the case. That is so not the case. You know, um, our minds would have us feel powerless and paralyzed and um, consumed with fear and, and you know, uh, have us feeling as if the only thing that we can do is vent and complain. But that is so not the case. We can come up out of our past. And as a matter of fact, we have a responsibility to move away from our past because we are supposed to be ever growing, ever evolving. We're supposed to be moving forward. And I would rather be at a standstill than to constantly frequent something, some world that I cannot change. So we have to learn how to dislodge ourselves from the past. We have to come away from the past. If that requires acceptance, if that requires forgiveness, if that requires um, uh, uh, modifying your perspective um, and your and your way of thinking about something, though that's where we need to put our energy so that we can come up out of the past. If we do not come up out of the past, then we will not be able to move forward. You cannot hold on to the past and embrace the future at the same time. You're going to have to let go of something. And the past is what you ought to be, ought to want to let go of. And that's not to say that you should forget it. That's not to say that you should dismiss it. That's not to say that it doesn't have any meaning whatsoever or doesn't have any value to you whatsoever. I feel like everything that an individual goes through or has been through has value for helping one to make sense of who they are in the present and who they desire to become moving forward. So make sure you do not fall prey to this game because this game has the ability to open the door for depression and zap you of energy, zap you of motivation, zap you of hope, zap you of feelings of uh, of self-worth and self-esteem and have you really feel like um, you are less than, that you are a failure, that um, uh, you have disappointed um, yourself and individuals and that is a hard set of feelings to overcome. So that's mind game number one. Mind game number two um, is, I'm not going to say quite the opposite, but it's in the other direction where a person uh, tries to live in the future. You know, now this may be a person who uh, has issues with control, 
This person may be so fearful of failure that they actually uh, dismiss the present, dismiss the present's lessons, uh, you know, benefits, enjoyments, um, trying to live in the future to ensure that bad things don't happen and that the things that they're expecting do happen. The problem is, is that when you live in the future, you're trying to make change around something that has not yet happened. That doesn't make sense. You cannot change what you are not sure will occur or will not occur. And that's not to say that you shouldn't have a plan. That's not to say that you shouldn't uh, write things down. That's not to say that you shouldn't have a strategy leading to the future. But when you fail to be present, when you fail to stay in the present, you know, you rob yourself of the enjoyments of the here and now, and you also rob yourself of being able to be an influence to others in the here and now. A lot of our enjoyment, a lot of our instruction, a lot of our inspiration happens in the here and now. And if we are so focused on living in the future, um, we are not going to benefit from that inspiration, that instruction and that value that happens on a day to day basis. Like I said, for the first mind game, being stuck in the past opens the door to depression. This second mind game, trying to live in the future, opens the door for anxiety to the point where you can't even uh, rest in the present. You know, you're trying to meet expectations, um, you know, constantly. You're trying to guarantee an outcome which you are unable to do. You have to understand that as a human being, you are limited. You know, as a human being, you only have a certain amount of power and ability. And the, the, the better you are aware of that, the more you understand that the more peace you can experience in the present. Yes, peace. Peace is associated with your ability to stay in the present. There are a lot of people who are losing sleep. There are a lot of people who uh, can't rest. There are individuals who have difficulty turning their minds off because they have uh, resigned to trying to live in the future. Your family your friends, your community, your world, yourself needs you in the now. And if you rob those, 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 those uh, circles, those entities of you now, then there really isn't a lot of promise for those things in the future. So that's the second mind game that we need to be concerned about. So the first one is being stuck in the past, opens the door to depression. The second mind game is trying to live in the future, opens the door to anxiety. The third mind game is interesting, and I'm describing this as the inability to differentiate feelings from facts. Now, this is a major thing when it comes to my work with uh, individuals because feelings are so powerful. Feelings are undeniable. Feelings are something that you cannot easily shake. 
you know, and if a person is emotionally driven, oftentimes what uh, they conclude as truth about their situation or fact about their circumstance is 100% based on how they feel. In other words, because they feel it, it must be true. And many times I have to challenge that to the point that they learn how to challenge that for themselves, that just because I am feeling a particular way doesn't necessarily mean that that is the truth or the reality of what is. This is a mind game. All right. So you have to know yourself. You have to be keenly aware of how you operate, because if you're a feeling person, you know, uh, that could cause this, this, that can make this game a, uh, a major issue for you. You know, if you're less likely to engage your your logic and your reasoning um, when coming to a conclusion about what you're going to believe, this game can present a problem for you. You know, so I have to explain to people that feelings are not facts. Let's think about it from a classic clinical perspective. You know, when you have a person that suffers from panic. You know, oftentimes those individuals are very, um, very uh, keenly cued into their bodily sensations, you know. So if they feel their heart beating quickly, if they feel their, their palms getting sweaty, if they feel a little dizzy or if they feel um, like they're, they're having difficulty breathing, there's shortness of breath or tightness of chest, you know, their conclusion, if, if, if um, they're not careful, could be that they're having a heart attack. And that is a very common thing. We find people in emergency rooms all the time who are claiming that they are dying and that they are in a critical situation when in actuality, what they're experiencing is panic. And the symptoms of uh, an irrational thought that came into their mind based upon their bodily sensation. I felt it. I felt the palpitation. I felt the shortness of breath. I felt all of these things. And quickly they, they, they organize and categorize and come up with the conclusion, I must be dying. We have to be careful of that um, because that will keep us from uh, achieving, producing and becoming because we don't take the time to put a thought around what we could be feeling in the moment. Let's think of it um, from a more psychological or emotional perspective where someone is trying to achieve a particular goal. Say you want to be an entrepreneur. Say you want to, uh, you know, uh, be a, an actor or an entertainer. Um, say that you want to uh, own uh, the largest whatever in the city or in the country. We have to be careful of the feelings that come up because there may be feelings that have been steeped in or are entrenched in our core belief about ourselves. We could believe about ourselves that we are inadequate. We could be believing about ourselves that we don't have what it takes. We could be comparing ourselves to other people and feel like we're not measuring up. We could be tapping into statements and words and declarations that have been um, spoken over us as we um, were going through our formative years that come back to um, really cause us to fear 
exploring our options. And those feelings, if not careful, will be uh, incorporated and accepted as fact. I am not enough. I cannot do this. They are better equipped than me. Um, I'll never be anything. Um, Who am I kidding? I can't accomplish that. That's weighing over my head. These are statements that become automatic thoughts to us, you know, because uh, of of our upbringing, our mental frameworks um, and, you know, what we really believe about ourselves. The question is, is there evidence to what we're thinking? And if there's no evidence to what we're thinking, you know, can we really trust our feelings associated with those thoughts? Our feelings cannot always be trusted. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying that we should dismiss our feelings. I'm not saying that we shouldn't validate our feelings. I'm sure there's a reason why we feel the way that we feel, you know, I'm not saying that we should completely ignore and be dismissive of our feelings. But what I am saying is that we have to be careful about trusting those feelings and we have to be careful of the conclusions that we draw regarding our feelings. I may feel one way and I can explain to you maybe where those feelings are coming from, but what's the evidence? Where is the evidence? You know, and if you don't have evidence to substantiate it, you have to train yourself to not give it more power than it really has. And if you have evidence to the contrary of what you're believing, to use that evidence to combat the irrational thoughts so that you can be accurate about the reality of what is and who you are. So that's the third mind game. Feelings versus facts. Unable to differentiate feelings from facts. We have to get good at that. And last but not least, I think this is really important because as a clinical psychologist, we we focus so much on thoughts and feelings and behaviors. Um, But, you know, I think it's also important to um, throw in their language. And the last mind game has to do with speech, language, what you say. And I believe that you will see what you say. We cannot underestimate the power of words. We cannot think that we can spend all day complaining and talking negativity and feeling as if positivity is going to come our way. We can't feel that, uh, you know, saying, um, statements and making declarations, whether we mean it or not, it's not going to have some type of real impact on how our world turns out. Did you not know that your words shape your world? You know, now this might not be as scientific as you might want it to be. This may be more along the lines of faith talk, But I mean, when we think about the science of therapy, we're talking about the impact of words on the brain. Research shows that the brain has a plasticity that allows it to be modified with the hearing of words that help to create new grooves and new pathways and new neuronal connections. So if that science is correct, 
you know, how can we deny that what we say is actually going to shape our world? Because the truth of the matter is what we say um, affects how we feel and how we feel affects how we behave and how we behave and present in the world has impact on how our world turns out. So you cannot underestimate the power of words. You know, I oftentimes think about when I was a child and how loquacious I was and how um, free I felt to um, share my opinions in conversations that oftentimes I was not invited to. I was the child that tended to find himself in adult conversations, adding my thoughts and my opinions, whether they were positive or negative, whether they were solicited or not. And I was quickly warned. (laughs) I was quickly warned that, you know, uh, I need to be careful. You know, I need to watch what I say. At that time, my understanding was, oh, you know, I'm a child. They're adults. Children just don't speak, you know, freely with adults. And when I get to become an adult, then everything will be okay. But as I got older, I began to develop a greater understanding of the power of words and that that power in words um, was despite or in spite of whether or not I, uh, you know, was intentionally saying those words or not, that whether or not my words were positive or negative, it was creating an energy and an attraction to things, whether I realized it or not, you know, so I, I understood that as I got older and I learned that words have a way of realizing themselves, that they are more powerful than we are willing to acknowledge. So I want to encourage you all that you will you will see what you say and that having an understanding of what you allow out of your mouth Uh, The thoughts that you allow to be expressed um, can make a difference in your outcome, in your ability to achieve, produce and become. Our words shape our world, whether they are positive, whether they are negative. Um, And as I stated before, we are we see what we say. So the phrase watch what you say or, you know, be careful of what you say is, is doesn't serve just as a warning. But as we get older and as we develop um, a greater understanding of how the mind works, we can leverage our words. We can see um, language as a principle, um, a a, a principle around how to uh, modify and how to impact our outcome in our life. We can develop the boldness to speak out loud um, and, 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 and then expect to see it play out. Right before our eyes, the dreams that we have, the wishes that we have, the desires that we have, the thoughts that we have, we cannot allow them to stay stuck in the unfruitful, limited space of our minds. You know, if we're so focused on living and frequent uh, frequenting the past, our dreams, wishes and desires and thoughts, they are not going to have the opportunity to come to fruition. Because we're constantly trying to change what was. 
We need to move forward from there. If we live in the future or try to live in the future, the dreams, wishes, desires, and thoughts that we have, we're not going to be able to enjoy them in the now. We're not going to be able to develop them in the now. We're not going to be able to support them in the now because we'll be so concerned about the destiny that we have forgotten about the benefits of the journey. You know, we can't afford to be completely 100% emotionally driven. We have to strike a balance. We have to use logic. We have to use reasoning. You know, because if we are emotionally driven all the time, we'll be a wreck. We'll never really be able to trust the decisions that we make. You know, and last but not least, if our language is not aligned with what we uh, want as an outcome, we can't expect to see what we desire. So we have to be careful. We have to make sure that our words or whatever words we allow out of our mouth, because we can be thinking some things, but that doesn't necessarily mean we have to express those things. What we need to express is what is positive and what is aligned with what we're trying to achieve, produce, and become. You have to remember that your words are the paintbrush on the canvas of your life. So I just wanted to share with you all once again about the mind games, the, the, the tricks that our mind try to, tries to play on us that keeps us paralyzed, keep us, keeps us stagnant and spoiled and um, complacent and um, feeling hopeless and powerless and stuck where we are. We do not have to lose those games, but we can win. And the way to win these mind games, uh, you know, we have to understand how we have to understand how they work and what their goals are. Their goals are to keep us stuck in the past, which opens the door to depression. A goal is to try to keep us or try to get us to live in the future, which opens the door for anxiety. Their strategy is to try to get us to uh, uh, lack the ability to differentiate between feelings and facts so that we are impulsive, so that we are all over the place, so that we are operating in a reality that is not reality for us or truth for us. And to also have us become um, you know, sloppy and unintentional in terms of our language what we say, um, what energies we maintain with our words, because we see what we say. These are the mind games that we need to overcome, and we can. My friend, if you want to achieve, produce, and become, you've got to win the game. You've got to win the game. So thank you once again for listening in. This is Dr. Ravan Key II your change coach, your empowerment strategist, and your mental health and wellness consultant, bringing conversation and information that is meant to help you to achieve, produce, and become. Please share this podcast with someone. Let them know that Key Elements is in existence, and we're going to be sharing weekly on thought-provoking topics that are going to help you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. 
We're talking about all things mental health, faith, and business, and I'm excited about uh, the future of this podcast. So once again, thank you. We'll get together again. Peace.